Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Gianni Delerta. Gianni, are you ready to do this? Yes, sir. Right, Good morning. Man. Good morning. Let's let's go. Gianni is passionate about blockchain. He's been working with cryptocurrency since 2013. Uh, we had a conversation about NFTs a couple weeks ago, and in that time, I've gone from zero to about five miles an hour, not uh, 60, so I'm excited to have you on. Gianni, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, uh, I've been, like you said, in cryptocurrency since 2013. Uh, actually, the, the first time I, I learned about it uh, from, was from a coworker. I used to work at Alienware, and uh, one of the first, you know, 15 employees at the time, and it grew and grew and grew, and you know, life changes, and we go move on and do different things. But I had reconnected with a friend, and he said that he was uh, mining Bitcoin, and this was previous 2013. I thought, he, you know, uh, I'm a techie, so I thought it was kind of cool, but I couldn't really get involved. It was over my head. And fast forward 2013, November, the Silk Road thing happened. And obviously, Bitcoin was a conversation then again. And I was like, let me, I want to learn about this. I did a deep dive. I could not buy it. It was very difficult. There was Mt. Gox. There was uh, just a b bunch of different ways of doing this. Uh, so I said, you know, if I can't buy it, let me see if I can earn it. So I went on a forum, I did a graphic and put it up there with my Bitcoin address and somebody sent me 50 bucks worth of crypto uh, and a, a Bitcoin. And I was like hooked from that point on to see the potential of what it was. And that's not an NFT per se, but it kind of started with this artwork and somebody sending me money. And, you know, it kind of like left it, left it there. Uh, the, the next thing for me was, I launched a website called 51 Attack, which was like a fiat only, uh, sorry, a crypto only non-fiat business where I sold t-shirts with Bitcoin paraphernalia and other crypto paraphernalia like Dogecoin or whatnot. And I never touched fiat currency at all. So it was all, I found somebody to print my shirts in, in California and do all those different things. So I was very, uh, you know, enamored with this idea of what was the potential of it. Uh, I was able to meet the team of Ethereum because I had t-shirts and they needed some t-shirts to be made nice. the night before they got announced here in Miami and somebody called me and said, hey, would you like to go to the Ethereum house? I was like, sure. And so I showed up and became friends with many of them. Uh, moving forward to 2017, I was able to go work with the co-founder of Ethereum, Anthony DiOrio, um, remotely through a robot of all things. And uh, and that's when NFTs happened, right? That's when uh, what they call an EIP, which is kind of like a proposal to Ethereum in order to enact this kind of standard that people can can use was proposed. And uh, the people who made CryptoKitties uh, started that kind of movement. Not to say that that's not the first NFTs because some happened on Bitcoin, but that was the first one that kind of got a lot of people's attention. What a long, strange journey it's been. Yeah, very strange <laughs> and long, and it continues from there. So, but, but super fascinating, right? I mean, I just I, I find all of 
all of the world of cryptocurrencies and, and everything you've been working on to be super interesting. And I also feel like it's over my head and I feel like the vast majority of, uh, of, of people do. And now we have this new world of NFT. I just saw yesterday that Tom Brady started uh, started an NFT company called Autograph. And I thought, oh my goodness, and Gary Vee's been talking about it. So if you wouldn't mind, Gianni, just kind of give us an overview of what NFTs are. So I think at this point, a lot of people don't need to understand blockchain per se, right? Because, uh, you know, if I had this conversation with you a couple a couple of years ago, I'd have to like, what gives it value? How does it work, right? I think even though those are important things to learn, we can kind of skip those things. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like seeing a Model T compared to a 1950s Mustang. You know that it works. You don't have to doubt that it's going to run and that it needs gas and all these things, right? But what makes it special? Um, so a fungible token is going to be like a Bitcoin or an Ethereum or any token that like runs on a normal blockchain or a smart contract blockchain like Ethereum. Uh, which is one of many, right? A dollar is going to be accepted anywhere where a dollar is going to be accepted. Uh, it's it's fungible. The the non fungible is like a one of one, right? It's a trading card. It's a comic book. It's a painting. Uh, but even even the dollar bill, and I love using this example, the dollar bill itself is both fungible and non fungible, because at some point that dollar could have an imperfection. Uh, Tom Brady could sign that dollar, and now that dollar is not worth a dollar anymore. It could be worth a lot more uh, on face value, but I could still trade it. So it, it, it kind of has those same qualities. So non-fungibles in the space of Ethereum and smart contracts, it just, it was a standard, right? The fact that you and I can have a conversation through voice over IP or WebRTC or any of these acronym protocol type things is because Skype, and all these other technologies adapted to that protocol, to that standard. And so the ERC-20, which is fungible tokens on smart blockchain, smart contract type uh, systems like Ethereum, and ERC-721 is a standard for uh, non-fungible. So wallets can see it, websites that have galleries and people can buy these things, they can see it. And they're all kind of interoperable, like an email coming into your in- inbox would work the same on Gmail as it would work on Outlook. So it's it's similar to, to that idea. <laughs> um, so basically, it's a it's a is a standard uh, of one of one that can contain images. It can contain text. It can contain any number of things to to represent that asset. I don't know if that made sense or if that was all it over does. the place. No, it's, 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 uh, the, it's a hard thing to explain sometimes. Yeah, those are those are fascinating. Uh, I guess I guess examples. Just talking yes. about how 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 a dollar bill uh, can be both things, and then thinking about how an email. I'd never really thought about that, right? But I could send an email from Gmail to Yahoo to whatever. Uh, fascinating. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. All right. So what, why do you think that, that, that they are becoming so popular or is it inevitable? 
It's a, that's a great question, and it's an interesting question um, because obviously in 2017 I thought they were fascinating. I thought this uh, cool doodad of a toy that was made with these crypto kitties, uh, which we can get into later, but they they were it's such a it was such a like mind blowing thing that you could do this type of uh, you know make an asset that has a special unique scarce quality and it's one of one like like a baseball card or anything. Um, that I think the technology wasn't there to to enable more people to make NFTs or to to do these things, right? You have to be a hardcore programmer, an engineer to kind of make sense of it. And so I think over the past three or four years, you've had people who built interfaces, right? Uh, probably the first email that was sent was done like through a command line on DOS, right? And then we had you know things that were built to uh, enable you to 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 write the email and see the email and have all these other features and functionality, but the email is still what it is. It's just an email. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a protocol that, that people can interact with. Um, so I think part of that is the technology has grown up. There's been tools that people created to make it easier. But I also think that uh, partly because the people who built uh, CryptoKitties, which was kind of the first smart contract type uh, NFTs that were put out there, they built uh, a blockchain called Flow, which then led to the Top Shots, uh, NBA Top Shots uh, software and collectible uh, cards that launched in October and gave people the opportunity to interact with the blockchain without needing to have special things uh, on the browser in order for them to buy it. So they could buy it with a credit card. They could buy it uh, easily and not have to install certain pieces of software, understand like the addresses and all this really more complicated thing for the average user. They're, they're giving up security, they're giving up uh, sovereignty with their assets by doing this, but the average person probably doesn't know, it doesn't care, but it exposed them to blockchain in a sense. And so October, these, these collectible cards came out. Uh, I think the price of Bitcoin and, and crypto went up and so there was a lot of interest again. And whenever you have that, people go really deep and they start, why, wh what is this? Now it's the third time I hear about it. Let me, let me go find out. Oh, now I can collect some crypto cards. Oh, this is, this is attainable to me. I can play with this. I, this is something I can understand. So I think they bought it. They started interacting with it. When Top Shots came out, they were doing like $24,000 of daily transactions per day. And then in January, it was like, you know, a million dollars per day, you know, and then two million and then six million. And then they had sold 60 million dollars. I think it's more now. That's the last I checked was a couple of weeks ago, uh, like 60 million dollars worth of these crypto collectible parts. And so that all culminated with the people who were already doing artistic NFTs and the platforms where they were able to be bought. And now people have extra crypto. People had stimulus money that they were buying crypto and this crypto was gaining value. And so I think that's kind of the culmination, the bubbling up of all this uh, excitement, right? So Yeah, fascinating. Uh, my 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 brain wants to think about this in terms of like 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 music and i make an album and i have the masters the 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 the, the master recordings but then it's distributed but somebody can own the masters is it kind of like that they could yeah i think that's a great example using the dollar bill kind of idea right like uh you can make a digital version of your song and distribute it 
and copy it and send it to anybody. And they can own that thing, but it's not really the thing, right? Like the master would be, and when I think about it, I think of like old school, like you got the tape deck, yeah. you know, or the, the big, the big um, Gold master, record. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where that's a one of one, right? That's the master. That's like your hands have been on it. Your fingerprints have been on it. Um, and, and that's the original, right? And so it's similar to that. Um, but in the NFT space, you really, if I, you know, people say it's, oh, you're just buying a JPEG that I can copy. Yes, you can. It's buying a JPEG that you can copy. It's buying an MP3 or a video file that you can copy, but it was generated by an individual from their, their cryptocurrency wallet. Right. And, and it's a one of one. Right. And, and there's an aspect of ownership. There's an aspect that it originated from you, that it was transferred from you to that other person. Uh, and with NFTs, there are some creative things that come, come with it that imbue the fact that you own it with special abilities, like uh, unlockable content, for example, you know, on Rarible and on OpenSea and some other platforms. If you own the NFT, you can you can see content that was not accessible before. It could be a coupon to buy, uh, uh, you know, a T-shirt from your from your music website or uh, a ticket to go to your concert. Right. Like they they would have access to that little bit of content that only they can see. Right. Even if they copied it and did all this other stuff. Um, but the potential is what happens in the future with this technology. I think right now it's just the fact that you can own it. And uh, and people are excited about it, you know, uh, as well. So, yeah, no, I, I think it's I think it's super exciting. Um, I, I, I guess kind of two things. I imagine we're going to see just a, a proliferation of, of 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 these. Is there a challenge with maintaining the network? Is is is? is do you understand what I'm asking? Yes. Yes. So. Um, just to circle back one other, one other thing on the music side. So one of the first, there was, there was a DJ that put out some, some, uh, NFTs and I think he raised like $8 million. It was an, an auction type of thing. And it, it, it was a Patreon style thing where you got the NFT and you got other, other things with it. He would write an album with you. Like it hmm. just, you know, it's just kind of like you bought it for me and here's the extra benefits. The Kings of Leon also built out an album that they they released you would go to their website you would validate that you have the wallet that owns the album and then you can download the mp3 right but i could still share the mp3 with somebody else and at some point somebody could li li listen to it on spotify but it's just there's a there's a there's a gimmick to it that that makes it interesting right um going to the question on the network side yes it's been detrimental to ethereum overall uh, number one, we have this DeFi activity going on where people are trading and farming and providing liquidity and doing all these things. And the network, there's only so much that it allows for the miners to, to process, right? And so you have to put what they call gas to kind of pay your, pay your, your fee so that you get the attention of the miners to process your order, process your program and do that activity, right? The more people are in line, the, the more costly it becomes because you want to jump to the front of the line or you got to get closer to the line so it makes it faster, right? I could put a transaction right now that costs, you know, at $5, but it may take three weeks. doesn't mean it's not going to be processed, but it'll take three weeks potentially 
or a couple days for it to get through. So you're going to pay a hundred dollars. You're going to pay $150 to make it happen in a couple minutes. So the proliferation of the NFT activity, the DeFi activity has put a big damper specifically on Ethereum at this point. Uh, there are things that are going to happen towards the summertime where they're, they're going to do a hard fork and an upgrade and all new kind of technologies that will allow uh, Ethereum to, to be cheaper in gas and all that, that stuff. But there are many what they call layer two uh, chains like Polygon, which was called Matic before, but now called Polygon. There's a thing called XDAI where it's very cheap, inexpensive and fast for you to mint NFTs and do other DeFi type activities. So a lot of these things are being solved, but it's just it's just a matter of time before it becomes easier, cheaper and whatnot. So, yeah, interesting. <laughs> And do you think that this is just going to be a, a, a little bit of a speed bump and that it, this is going to become mass um, utilized, accepted? I think, I think NFTs are just starting. I think the, the future use cases are phenomenal. Um, I like to tell people that, you know, where they're, all oh, these NFTs have such value and they're scarce. And I think having that extra costly gas makes it difficult for and it makes it even more a barrier so some people can get in and they have this FOMO that I wanted to but um, you got to consider I always like to use this this example what happens when Photoshop or Facebook or Instagram says when you save your photo would you like to save it as an NFT mm -hmm. right and uh, that means that everybody will be able to own NFTs and produce NFTs so they're not that scarce anymore right uh, but the key factor is at that point, what would the world of tech look like? Will the browsers uh, have the function to know that you have, you know, George, you have the permission to own my NFT and display it on your website. The browser will know that I gave you that, that, that permission as an example, let's say. Uh, but uh, two other examples that I'll give you that are just mind blowing, you know, uh, identity, uh, uh, titles of houses, titles of property can be represented as a NFT, right? And can be transferred and moved around and, and all that, you know, very interesting things. And just recently, uh, there are some, you know, they call lawyer uh, engineers uh, that have basically enabled people to potentially um, spin up a, a business on a Delaware, a Delaware business on the blockchain. And it, all the governing documents, all the, the operating agreement is stored in an immutable NFT, right? And uh, visible to everybody. So like those are very creative ways that people are using it. But I think there's a lot more opportunity that people are even aware of uh, that will be, that, and the NFTs won't be just for art. They will adapt into, into new ways that we haven't even figured out yet, so. Yeah, super exciting. Super exciting. I love it. Well, Johnny, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I think the difference-making tip uh, on the blockchain side is that I think people, uh, you may feel FOMO, like you're missing out on something big, but we're just at the tip of it. I think we're, uh, it's been around, you know, I, like I said, I've been at it for 20, since 2013, but there, there are so many opportunities, especially for young people. Uh, from you know going into law and thinking about what the implications of blockchain is in society, uh, government is going to be affected by it. You know, from voting to 
to property, to all these different things that we're talking about and and creative people, creators, people like you, uh, people that that may have new ways into either monetize their activities, uh, but the tooling needs to be made. So the opportunity is there and the participation is just starting. So I think people are still early. Um, and so I, I just get, you know, that's the, 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 the tip that I would give anybody that to get involved, see what's happening and just know that, that there's still so much opportunity in the space that they, they, that they're not missing out. They're just, it's just getting started. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, just start peeling back the layers of the onion and the whole industries and just so much, uh, which is just getting started. So I think that's well said. Well, Gianni, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Um, I'm pretty much everywhere. I don't, I, I don't try to do the pseudonymous, uh, crypto style thing. I like to be kind of out there and, and make sure that people know who I am. Uh, so if they want to find me, they can visit my website, Gianni Delerta, G I A N N I D A L E R T A. Sorry. My name is a little complicated, but, uh, it's my name. And that same conjugation can be found on Twitter or Instagram or anywhere else with that Gianni Delerta, uh, um, you know, formation of words and letters. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Gianni your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to GianniDelerta.com. That's G-I-A-N-N-I-D-A-L-E-R-T-A.com. And then find... Put all those letters together on your favorite uh, social media deal and <laughs> and you will find him as well. Thanks again, Gianni. Thank you so much. Have a great day, guys. You too. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. <laughs>